Welcome to the Grove Youth Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Damon, and I'm the youth pastor at Grove Church here in Richmond, Virginia. Thank you for joining us today. Today I'm going to be discussing my last Sunday's message with one of my students. And if you happen to miss the message, I've actually included it for the last half of the podcast. So you can feel free to check that out. Thank you so much for joining us today, and I hope that you're encouraged by the message and the discussion. All right, today we have Jake Huffman. Jake, how we doing? Uh, pretty good. Doing good. Love it. Um, we had a pretty good night last night. We had a lot of kids there. Yeah, we did. That was uh, that was super fun. Did I gotta figure out Joy sent me the numbers, but I think we might have had we might have had seven almost seventy kids. Oh my gosh, that's a lot. Yeah, between There's a lot of new people too. Yeah, and I love the um the little rising sixth graders. <laughs> they laugh at everything. I know. So they kinda make my kinda make my job yeah. easier. Um so uh last night we covered the first in the list of the fruit of the spirit, uh, which is love. Um just how did how did how did last night go in your opinion? What was your uh, what was like your main takeaway from the night? Um, I think that one thing that was important about about the uh, love was the four different types of love mm-hmm. because that's one thing that you know because you covered it at Valentine's Day too about the different types of love and that's something that I actually never heard until you told me about it okay. at Valentine's Day and. I think the main takeaway was in in our society where kind of like love is confusing and you have on there like love is love what does that mean right and it's kind of confusing and um that there the bible has different types of love that we kind of spells out like brotherly love romantic love the um agape the unconditional love and brother and uh familiar love yeah and I think it's important to know the difference between those types of love because um, we can get confused sometimes. Yeah. And that's an important takeaway. And in our discussion, we were talking about that, like what's kind of the difference and how can we not get confused and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I think – so I didn't want to say this last night with the kids because I don't I don't know how – I, I like history a lot. Um but you know the Trojan horse. Yeah. So I, that's what I kind of imagine. It's like, love is love. Do you agree? And it's like, um, yes. And so you accept this Trojan horse yeah. that it's just like, yeah, love is love. And then it turns out within that statement, there's a lot of other, there's a lot of other stuff like a whole ideology packed behind that, mm-hmm. that you don't know that you're signing on to when you say love is love. Um, but if you like ask questions or say, well, what do you mean by love? People tend to get offended or like they instantly start calling you names or whatever. And it, it's not really fair, but yeah. like you just said with, with the different definitions of love, philia, storge, eros, and agape, uh, there's the four words for love in Greek. It, it's important to define your terms. It's important to define what you mean by love. And then I gave the example, when I tell Emily I love her, and when I tell the students that I love them, there's clearly a difference between how I love them. Yeah. And I <laughs> I just made sure to know, like, just in case you didn't know, 
the way I love my wife is different than the way I love you guys, right? So, um, do you ever think that it, it we don't get the opportunity to define the term? Like someone just says, love is love, do you agree? And then if you don't instantly agree with it, it's like you're already fighting a losing battle. Yeah. Like, even like churches, I've seen like a, on the side of the road and stuff, it'll be like sign like, oh, love everybody, like love is love mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But we never get the opportunity to, opportunity to define that. And they're doing the same thing, like grouping it into like just love in general and stuff. Right. And, when I'm talking to people like at school and stuff and they're talking about like love and they say stuff like that love's love and like I'm it's just kind of hard I never like really bring it up that like oh the different types of love and stuff it kind of just like well love is love like you can't can't disagree with that yeah I, I think it's love is love is similar to the um to the phrase black lives matter yeah cause I'm like yeah absolutely they do yeah. But are you asking me to just agree with that sentence or are you asking me to now buy into a whole ideology that's like the Black Lives Matter movement mm-hmm. that consists of and the founders of Black Lives Matter acknowledge that they were founded on Marxist ideologies, you know? So mm-hmm. I can say the words Black Lives Matter cuz they do. I can say love is love cuz it is. But it, that's why it's so important yeah. to define what you mean exactly. So um, I'm really glad we're talking about this. I think this is going to be um, – I think the Fruit of the Spirit is going to be a pretty solid um, a pretty solid series for us to go through. I just think that it's a really important for the body right now to figure out what it means to look like a believer. And knowing what fruit we should be bearing is a really big part of that. Yeah. Does your mark – does your life – is your life marked by the fruits of the Spirit? Yeah. Can you say that you are a loving person, a joyful person, faithful, you know? Um, it's just a great, like, little checkbox to see how you're, how are you living your life. Um, so we, we kind of parked on the word agape last night. That, yeah. was, that was the big one. Um, can you kind of just summarize what agape is? Yeah, so it's this unconditional love, and it's the love that God shows towards us, and unconditional, like, kind of got to, like, define that even more. Like, literally, at no condition does God not love us. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, we can do anything, but he will still love us. And um, like you were saying about the Romans, like, they killed Jesus, but Jesus still loved them. Mm -hmm. So... It's just no matter what happens that uh, Jesus loves us and that we should try. I mean, we're not perfect, so we're not going to be able to, but we got to right. try as hard as we can to love people that way. Yeah. I think, and I think that was a really important distinction that you just made. We, we're not perfect. Yes, God does agape us. He does, he loves us unconditionally. But we are not going to master that. You know, and, and agape love is, is best demonstrated in a marriage where two people have committed their lives to one another. There, it, that's supposed to be a covenant that says, I'm not leaving. Nothing, nothing separates us. 
Um, but obviously, we see people get divorced, like good, solid believers who get divorced, and that's because we're human and we can't, uh, we we cannot always stop feelings and random parts of life that that come into play. We can't always stop those things from interfering with our ability to love unconditionally. So there is the important distinction that agape from God is unconditional. It will never stop because God is love and that's how he is. But even though we're supposed to exemplify it, believers, Christians, humans, we are going to fall short of truly unconditional loving. Uh, uh, We're going to fall short of truly loving people unconditionally. So I think that's a really important thing to distinct uh, to it's an important distinction to make but that's still the goal just like we're called to live holy lives even though we know we're going to stumble and fall we're still called to at least strive for it right um so when we go to John 13:35 by all by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another and the word for love that John used was agape Um, Well, actually, Jesus used it. John wrote it down. Uh, If you agape one another. Do you think that the the body has really exemplified that well? Like, it says that we're supposed to be known by our love for one another. Do you think that's, like, the first thing people think about when they think of Christians? Uh, uh, Definitely not that much. And um, especially, like, on social media, now that that's a big thing. Mm -hmm. That first thing, a lot of Christians, like... When I read comments on, like, I, I know they're Christians because it's, like, a Christian group and stuff. It's, like, first thing that they do is argue. Like, yeah, Christians argue a lot and not, like, love one another and stuff. And But one thing that I was thinking about is how is our church specifically trying to carry that verse out? Mm-hmm. And when I think about how we, like, the member care initiative yeah. and how when new people come in and how we like greet them and comfort yeah. them that's like that's really loving and yeah. I kind of like respect that what we're doing as a church because like I like the text greeting and stuff when new people come in it's automatically like everyone knows that like or all those like the people know and stuff that they're like new and that they go out and help them so it's just kind of important that we're kind of showing love that way to new people. And that's one thing that I was thinking about. Yeah. No, our pa- Pastor Ben is just, he's, he's constantly thinking about ways that if I were new to a church, if I were a guest at a church, what would I, or if I was a guest anywhere is actually his process. He's just thinking like Disney World, how do they greet you? How do yeah. you, you know? And so he's taking like world-class ideas about customer service and then applying it to people who are coming to church, which some people would be like, they're not customers. And they aren't, but if you want them to become part of the family, which we do, we want them to be part of the body of Christ, we want them to join our church, we want them to be active in the local church, doing stuff that gets their attention, doing stuff to tell them, hey, we're glad you came can we get your information, you know, can we add you to, you know, a volunteer list or something, something to just help them get plugged in and make them feel immediately at home. Those are great, great things. And, and I think what you just said about the member care initiative and the, the lasting impressions, those are all 
uh, great initiatives we've started that are um, they're definitely a loving way to to introduce ourselves to people so that that's really good um, we are able to love because he first loved us first John 4 19 um, how have you like interpreted that verse before when, when I when I see it I'm like well even people who aren't believers love so how does that work has, has, has that ever come across your mind like are you saying that they don't have like Jesus's example necessarily because like they haven't read the Bible they haven't stuff. right they haven't followed yeah. Jesus's example but they still love yeah but people okay. they still get married and yeah. love like that um, has that ever come to your head not really. <laughs> okay, so what 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 I realized is whether or not you heard the gospel, whether or not you know about Yahweh, like the God of the Bible, God created us out of love. God created us to be in a loving relationship with him. So our existence even depends on the fact that he loves us. So we're not allowed to live if he ne- if he didn't love us first, right? And then he's gone on to demonstrate his love for us. So those of us who have heard the gospel can mimic the example that Jesus has given us, the example that God has given us, which does God give us free will, right? He does. So that's a loving way to allow us to live. It's like, I'm going to let you choose me or I'm going to let you choose something else. Because that's what true yeah. love is, is letting you choose, right? So, I love that verse. I, I, uh, I've always thought it was interesting, but it's specifically, um, that's specifically impactful, as I would put it in context last night. So, in regard to the John thirteen thirty five, by this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. We know that Christians haven't necessarily been the greatest at it. In the, for the most part, they haven't necessarily been the greatest. We both know a lot of great believers who do love. Um, for somebody who disagrees with Christian Christians or Christianity, um, it, how, how do you think that Christians can best love someone who does disagree with yeah. us? So that was a big question that I was kind of pondering. And honestly, we were talking about in our groups that how do we love someone that disagrees with us? And one big thing that we're saying was uh, just listen to them. Mm. And just because listening, people want to be heard. And like and everyone wants to be heard. So one big thing was you've got to listen to people because it shows that you love them. And one verse, James one nineteen says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must be all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. And that's one thing that I was thinking about is to love people if we don't necessarily quickly go into arguments or quickly like say our opinions but just show that we're listening it allows other people just see that we love them and that they might want to one they'll trust us more and they'll feel like oh I can be more comfortable with this person talking to them because they want to listen to me and then we can have gospel conversations with them if they feel like they want to open up and that they feel more comfortable with us. So just if we show that, if we listen to them, show that we love them, then we can have gospel conversations with them if they want to open up and talk to us about that. Yeah. So that that's interesting. You said you said then 
listening to them will will allow them to trust you more. Yeah. Why? Why is that important? What What role does trust play in in that relationship? Well, I think um, like when we're talking about subjects like like Christianity, gospel, and stuff, it's important to have trust because usually people don't necessarily want to talk about deep topics when you just kind of like don't know if you're like comfortable around them yeah. and trust them yeah. about stuff like that and because you don't one people might not know how you're going to react and how you're going to like if you're going to like judge them or anything but if they can trust you to know that you're going to not judge them or not kind of argue have a big argument with them then it's going to be really important for them to see that oh I can talk to this person because they are respecting me respecting like what like my opinion stuff like that yeah yeah that's that, that I think that's an excellent point because we we um, we have to give off the vibe that you can talk to us about anything. And and that that's I think what the church needs to and not even necessarily just the church like me. I I should be better um about making it to where if somebody is struggling with something, they can walk up to me and say, "Hey, I've been dealing with this. Um I don't feel like I can talk to other believers because I'm, I'm afraid that they'll say like, "Ew, that's gross," or "How could you struggle with something like that?" I, I, I had, I've had conversations with that, uh, with people who, and that's their, that's their reason for not having spoken to somebody before. They, they dealt with something for years, and then they come to me and they said, um, I, "I never told anyone this before because I thought people would say, "Ew, that's gross," or. Uh, I mean, maybe even we can't be friends anymore, stuff like that. And it's just like, well, we all have struggles. We all deal with stuff. When somebody, if somebody's going to be open enough, if they trust you enough to tell you that they're dealing with something, why would we react with you? You know, why, why why would that be the first thing out of our mouth? You know, that that instantly someone tries to open up and you say, ew, they're going to go back into that, you know, into that box and maybe even further. Like, I'm never telling anyone again. And now that struggle that they're dealing with is still there and very well could be even more hidden than ever. Um, so I think that was a great point. Like, people need to feel that they can trust us. They need to feel that uh, and not only feel it. They need to know, have confidence yeah. that they can come and speak with us, and they won't be judged like you, but they will hear the truth. And and, and right now, uh, some sometimes telling the truth is being uh, confused with with judgment. And you know, even last night we covered like telling the truth in love. You know, when when Paul confronted Peter in Galatians two. Peter, I guess, could have been like, you're judging me, or you're, this is, you're, whatever. But Paul had to tell him. He had to call it out. Like, do you do you remember that particular yeah. story? What what was 
going on? Why why was it so necessary that Paul needed to call out Peter? Um, wasn't it like he was Peter was kind of like saying that a part of the Gentiles? I'm pretty sure, or it was like Jews or Gentiles. He was hanging out yeah. with the Gentiles oh, before and, the Jews got there, and the Jews got there and they had a different belief and or and they were Peter was thinking, oh, we can't like kind of like be with them or something because they yeah. have a different belief than us and then right. they and then he was you were saying that it could have like started a like a divide in the church because instantly yeah but then Paul kind of was just like they're like Gentiles Christian or Jews like we need to be together on this right and not judge them for something like that and then yeah he kind of stopped Peter from judging the Jews for well, he, so he actually, when Peter got there, or when the Jews got there, Peter, like, left the Gentiles and went over to the Jews. Oh, really? And he was talking, so okay. you, you had it all the way down to that point. He, um, The Gentiles had never had any of the law, no circumcision, whatever. So they just get saved because they heard yeah. the gospel. It's the best, it's like the purest form of, it's just salvation. They heard the gospel and received the gospel. But then the Jews realized that Jesus had fulfilled the law, so they were still struggling through, okay, well, what do we keep and what do we not? Jesus okay. fulfilled the law, but which stuff can we... So that was what the, the so Messianic Jews, what they were struggling with. And so Peter, was he understood. He knows you don't need to be circumcised to be a believer. So he's hanging out, eating with the Gentiles, and then the Jews, it says the friends of James come, and Peter kind of distances himself from the Gentiles because almost his behavior almost made it seem like he thought they were unclean. And because of his influence, Barnabas was led astray, is what Paul says. Even even Barnabas was led astray. So the way he says that, it shows that Barnabas was a pretty solid. He had strong faith. He had a good understanding. But Peter's influence was so strong that even Barnabas was led astray. And so, uh, and it says as well as others. So it could have been interpreted as judge, judgmental for Paul to call out Peter in that moment. But like you just said, instant, like the church instantly could have been divided into two camps the messianic jews and the gentiles and that i mean that would have been the first denominations you know and and paul was like we're not doing this you're not leading people astray you're being a hypocrite and we got to stop and so um do you think i do you think that that's that's very easy to do in this in this day and age to to genuinely with nothing but love in your heart call out somebody for something that they are in the wrong for doing um do you think that that's hard for us to do even though it's the truth and even though it's in love do you think it's difficult uh yes i would say so especially like with friends and like with school and stuff when you know, I have a group of friends and I want to like kind of re- have their respect and stuff. And if I'm calling out a friend that is doing something wrong, then one, he might not have the same respect for me or my other friends might see that and be like, oh, then 
like he's they might see it as judgment too and they're like oh he's like kind of judging that friend oh well like let's not hang around them and then we I might not have any more friends and so it's kind of hard to do that but we need to because it's loving but it's really hard to kind of because we're in this like I guess peer pressure like sure. thing when yeah. we're one we're falling into peer pressure and that kind of goes with we when we go with our friends it's kind of like anti-peer pressure like it's hard to anti-peer pressure get out and like stand alone and call someone out on something yeah and that is really hard to do yeah no it, it's it's really tough and um our our mind you know well our mind wants to tell us but i also believe that it's that satan telling us dude i wouldn't i wouldn't say that you're you're gonna lose their respect but he he knows how important like in that moment i'm sure paul was not like yes i get to call out peter in front of everyone because they were friends they were co-laborers in the gospel paul probably didn't want to do that but he saw what needed to be done and he did it so there was probably voices telling him don't do it dude they're not going to think you're a real apostle don't do it right but from both from that example and from examples in my own life some of the friends in my life that I respect the most are the ones who've been able to get in my face and tell me hard truth. And those are actually the ones that stick around. Those are the ones that you wind up keeping around you. If you can humble yourself and be like, you know what? You just called me out and you're right. I hate being called out. I hate the fact that I was wrong, but thank you. You did the right thing. It's hard to do in the moment and in the moment if you're worked up it's definitely not going to be that well you know it was my fault and I'm sorry if you're worked up you're probably going to need a second to cool down um as I definitely have had to do but the ones who are able to say look man you and I are friends because we both love Jesus right so as your friend who loves Jesus just like you do you got to know that your behavior right now is not God honoring and maybe that hurts to hear at first but I'll tell you those are the friends you want around and even Proverbs I can't remember which one it says uh, uh, wounds from a friend are sweeter than kisses from an enemy have you ever heard that no okay yeah that that is like one of my favorite verses just it's it's a hard truth to hear sometimes but when it's coming from a friend, someone you know is just trying to make you better, it's a wound, but it's like a little scratch. It's going to heal up and everything will be fine, but you needed to know, as opposed to someone being like, nah, man, you're good. That dude was totally wrong. But they're just trying to, they don't want to have to say anything that's going to hurt your feelings, right? Yeah. Uh, and I kind of went over that with the, the support is not, uh, being supportive of your friends is not always the loving thing to do, especially when the behavior that you're supporting is not a healthy behavior, or is maybe like an immoral behavior. Um, have you ever have you ever seen that in your life, or ever heard people say like, "I just want to be a supportive friend," but you're like, "I don't know if you should be supporting that." <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of an example. Well, I mean, so while you're thinking, I shared the example of the girl who uh, went to the hospital 
because she like stepped on a pair of scissors um it like cut her foot so the doctors are like okay what happened how you know why are the scissors there stuff like that and she she was basically saying that she was there witnessing her friend cutting herself and just uh, she wasn't helping her do it she definitely wasn't stopping her though and that's because she just wanted to support her friend because she felt like her friend felt like she needed to cut herself and so the girl who steps on the scissors was just being supportive of her and look I'm not I'm not I cannot shame that girl when your feelings are when you are so convinced that you should be supportive that it takes you there that's just a very very bad misunderstanding of what it is to support a friend so I love her heart to want to support but at the same time we have to call out what's a bad idea and that is a very that's just that's the worst that's like the worst thing I've ever heard um that that example was like kid and, and it's a, it's, a, it's over the top I really that's not something that happens a lot I hope um but I kind of wanted to use an extreme example to show the kids like okay so now don't necessarily think that graphic but what are some things that maybe you support your friend on just because you want to you know be a supporter for them and then so I, I was trying to make the case that being supportive is not necessarily loving it's not necessarily agape uh all the time mm-hmm. sometimes we have to go the other way just like paul did with peter have, uh, did you have an example yet or well not necessarily an example of like a specific time where a friend called me out or i called out a friend but just thinking how you said like you'll realize that the friends that really called you out on stuff and that really like spoke truth to you are the friends that are going to stick around and I kind of just like realized this one friend was just like oh like he's the one friend that I really kind of want to hang out in the summer and stuff and really hang out and I realized he's the one that always doesn't really go with like we'll be in a friend group talking about like not necessarily the best things and then he'll be like the one that kind of distanced himself from that group and I'll like go off with him because I'm like oh he's like kind of like sees that it's kind of wrong what we're talking about and I'm realizing he's the friend that I want to hang around so that's just an example of not really realizing that deeply thinking about that he's the one kind of going against what people are saying and not going being supportive but thinking that he's the one that I want to hang around so that's just yeah something that yeah well that that's a great example because it, it kind of shows you don't have to be a jerk your friend's not saying like guys this is wrong whatever I don't even know like how wrong it is the stuff that you're talking about but maybe it's just not the best do you so, want me to give you an example sure yeah like one this time. is all a trap, by the way. The podcast was just to get Jake to confess. <laughs> well, one time our f- friends were talking about, and this this uh, girl at our school, uh, his dad just died, and our friends were like talking about, oh, like kind of like making fun of this guy. Oh wait, uh, hang on. So the girl's dad died. Yeah. And so they are making fun of the guy who died. Like yeah. Kind okay. Of. Okay. And 
I would, and like I kind of was just thinking about it like oh that's not good but then my friend he was just like kind of started like like what the heck like why are you doing that why are you talking bad about this guy I was, and I was just like dang he just kind of yeah spoke to him right yeah so uh, what happened after that how did your friends take that um I think the one guy that was kind of like talking the most he was kind of just like kind of like passed it on like oh like no big deal or something like that okay and we kind of just moved on but I just thought that it was really kind of just for that one friend who spoke to them I thought it was like I kind of had a respect for him after that yeah well and so I think that actually shows a couple layers of these dynamics is your 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 one friend who was talking the most like it easily could be misconstrued if someone walked up to that group that you all were talking about yeah. that scenario and not talking about it in a great way. Um, and that's mostly just because the one guy's talking the loudest, right? And I, I am that guy usually. The guy who's talking the loudest, the one who's talking the most. So if you hear me talking, you're probably going to assume that everyone in the group is kind of discussing whatever it is that I'm talking about, right? So that's where one guilty by association if someone were to walk up to that group they would be like look it's jake this guy this guy this guy. they yeah. were all talking about this but really you were thinking well, that wasn't nice that's not a cool joke your one friend was definitely thinking it and then soon said something about yeah. it and so how many guys were in that group probably five five okay so you were thinking that was not a cool joke the other guy quickly said something afterwards I'm wondering, and then, and then the, the one guy was the one talking the most. Yeah. So there's two guys left. Yeah. And I'm wondering if they were thinking, oh, that wasn't cool, but they weren't going to say anything, or if they were going to jump on the next joke and, and say the next thing. And so I, I wonder in a group of five people, how many are thinking this is yeah. not good, this is inappropriate, but you would never know because they wouldn't say something, you know? Yeah. So I think that's great that you found, you got respect for your friend, and then after he called it out, the guy kind of blew it off, but the conversation changed. Yeah. It did. Mm-hmm. The, the guy didn't apologize for what he said, whatever, and not that he, you know, whatever, if he feels like he should apologize. I, it sounds like he maybe would need to apologize almost to the girl, not even yeah. to the group. Um, but it changed. The guy made it awkward for a second by calling it out, and the conversation moved on. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great example of something that, hey, I'm not going to support this talk. Love you guys, share my boys, but this is not. We're not talking about this, and then they didn't. Um, so, and and I want to encourage you is if you have that conviction, that instant thought, next time you you be the one to speak up, you be the one to be like, nope, not going there. That's messed up, you know. We're talking about a, a dead guy. Like that's that's not cool. Um, so that that's a that's a pretty good uh, example. So support. You don't always support your friends and everything they do because yeah. that's not truly loving to them. So, I mean, I think ultimately, and that's a great example. Supporting your friends is not always the most loving. Sometimes you have to show that you're not going to support that to to really truly love them well, just like Paul. Um, and sometimes you do need to risk hurting the feelings of of even a friend 
because ultimately feelings get hurt and they heal. But in that situation with Paul, if he would have, okay, don't want to hurt Peter's feelings. So great. Peter's feelings never got hurt. But now the church is already divided. I would rather hurt Peter's feelings than than have the body of Christ instantly at a crossroads, you know, so early in its life. You you don't. Uh, I'm glad that Paul said something yeah. because we actually would probably see a different church now. Um. So, as we kind of wrap up here, we we get to the end where uh, we we start to talk specifically. So we know God created us with free will. That's a way that He demonstrated His love for us. Um, and then we get to the cross. We get to Jesus showing that He could live the perfect life we were supposed to live, but couldn't. Um, and because of His sinlessness, was able to go to the cross and pay for our sin. Um, that this this message of love from God, this message of unconditional love from God. Uh, I'm not asking if you think it's an important one for the world, because obviously it is. Um, but how can you best go and share this message or demonstrate this message to to the world? How, how, how do you think you can best do that? Um, one thing that kind of hits me every time when we talk about love and loving people in the world is if we got to love them, and show them God's love because like they're gonna go to hell if we don't love them and show them God's love and that's just like hits me every time like like my friend oh he's going to hell if I don't say something so that's like a conviction I have that we we have to go tell people about Jesus and show the love that Jesus showed us so they can like be in heaven and believe also. Yeah. Um that that's that's so true. And and sometimes I think that kids, um not kids, just believers in general, specifically ones who don't like to speak a lot or aren't super outgoing. Um, you know, like they get around their the people that they're familiar with and they're totally fine. But around new folks they're not necessarily real talkative um which is a lot of a lot of people especially coming out of the pandemic i realized everyone's inner and introvert kind of yeah. came out a little um people are like more okay being by themselves and stuff like that um so it, it that that's a little interesting um but i've heard some people say so you know saint francis of assisi said that uh preach the gospel at all times and in some cases, use words. And I love that. I love the quote. And I also have a couple problems with the quote, because uh, what he's saying is, "Live your faith." We should be known by our fruit. We should be known by our love, right? So he's dead on. Just your actions alone should show people. Okay, they love unconditionally. They don't care what people give them back. They just, they do it. They do the right thing. People should be able to see that from us, okay? However, that I think has also been the mantra that some Christians have used to justify not 
speaking the gospel, not not like telling people. Have you ever encountered that? Like, would you agree with that? Yeah, like even in my own life, because a lot of my friends know that I'm a Christian, and they always comment like, "Oh, like you really like are kind to people, caring and stuff." So then, I'll be like, "Well." I guess I don't have to talk to them about the gospel because they clearly see that I'm caring and loving and boom. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that I see that in my own life that I kind of just step back and say, let my actions work for me. But like, it's kind of, they see that, but then they're not getting anywhere from necessarily. I got to talk to them and because they realize that I'm loving and caring Mm -hmm. and I got to talk to them they going back to like trust they probably trust me now because yes and so I gotta talk to them I gotta actually use words in that case yeah yeah so I think I think that's that's a great I'm super happy and I'm proud of you to hear that your your friends comment like oh Jake's Jake's a nice dude who loves everyone he's kind to people that's great those are what love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So your friends said like you love everyone, you're kind. So I mean, they just give you a couple fruits of the spirit right there. Um, I, I think if we were to go to not the approval of man is everything, not that it's the everything, but if you go to your non-believing friends and you can hear them say that you demonstrate the fruits of the spirit without like, you know, they're not going to quote the verse and tell you, they just, they just describe you as that. I think that's a great testament to how you're living. And, um, so that, that's awesome. Keep that up. But I also hear you that that kind of lulls you into a, okay, cool. They know me. They know I'm a Christian. When they want to talk about it, they'll come to me. And I've, I'm guilty of that too. I've done that before. I know I have. Um, where you're just hoping that they'll they'll come to you, and then you have a super easy gospel conversation because it's laid out in front of you. Um, but very rarely is that the case. When one of your friends is just going to decide to think about the end of their life and to think about you know where they're going after they die in our world we're so we got distractions and stuff people don't just really sit and think anymore they they if they have a cool thought or something they want to know about they google it they watch youtube videos about it but they don't just like sit and process without any noise going around um so it does take legwork for us your friends trust you and that's good but when you can find a natural in, a natural place to be like, hey, so let me just ask you, um, do you struggle? Do you struggle to like be kind to people? You know, you, you always you always talk about how, how I'm a nice guy or whatever. But like, do you do you are you not? You know, like what? Why is that like the thing you always point out? And sometimes when you just start talking to people about that real stuff, you know, well, yeah, I do struggle with it, Jake. How how are you so good at it? let me tell you you know and now instantly you're like it's not because of me it's because that is that is literally God within me allowing me to be kind and to be patient and to be loving and now 
you're literally in to the gospel. Um, so there, th- that's what I love about the gospel. It's like a it's a shapeshifter. It doesn't change what it is. The gospel, uh, the work of Jesus Christ, what He did for us, that is the gospel. But the way that you can frame it, the way you can bring it up in a conversation, it's like it's a chameleon. You bring it up, however, and you can get around to it. You know, and that just comes with experience, learning different situations. So, um, definitely want to encourage you to. Now that your friends see that difference and they trust you, get into, you know, get into some of those real, real discussions. And like you said, that the friend who was able to tell you the truth, even if you didn't want to hear it, or even when that group didn't want to hear it, you gained respect for him because he was willing to say something. And so, you know, if you, if you will be that, but with the gospel, then the, you know, your whole friend group could change. I mean, your whole entire school. You, you never know what the Lord yeah. can do with just one willing person. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, Jonah went and told the city of Nineveh after, you know, he was reluctant, obviously. Uh, but he did go and tell the city of Nineveh. All he said was, y'all need to repent. And he thought that they weren't going to. But he just told them what God told him to say. And everyone repented, and the city got saved. You never know what what God can do with just your spirit of willingness. So it, it sounds like you're in a great place for this, and I'm glad that you're solid and that you're strong. You come from a great family. Um, you know the the Huffmans, like you guys are. You, everyone knows you and your brother. And um, so if if you guys will just live your faith like you're doing. And then when someone comments on it, tell them why you're able to be what, you know, such a person, you, you know, suddenly you're sharing the gospel with a lot of people. And uh, the, the best thing we can do is to love people with the truth. So that's really, that's really great. I'm really proud of you. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to add? Any other thoughts that you had about last night? I don't think so. Don't think so? All right. Well, Jake, thanks so much for coming on this today. Yeah. And, uh, we, you know, I'd love to have you on again at some point. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you, listeners, for uh, being with us today. We will. We're actually. We don't have youth group next Sunday night, but I actually pre-recorded a podcast with Ethan Kilby last week. So nice. if you want to hear uh, Ethan Kilby and I uh, do a podcast, that one will be uploaded next Monday. So I uh, hope you guys join us for that. But for now, be safe, and uh, y'all have a blessed day. Thank Catch you. y'all later. <laughs> So, the first fruit of the Spirit. Uh, like I said last week, we're, gonna, we're starting our series tonight on the fruits of the Spirit. And so, uh, every week that we meet, it, we're going to be dealing with one of the fruits. And the very first one is love. Now, in the Greek language, the further, in, further up something is into a sentence the higher the priority, like the more, more important. It doesn't mean that everything else in the sentence is pointless. It just means whatever's first is really important. So when it puts the first fruit of the Spirit as love, we should, we should take it very seriously. We should know that, oh, Paul's saying that love is pretty important, right? So 
I'm really, really excited to talk about tonight. I think it'll be, uh, I think this will be good for us. We good. We good. Guys, it's okay. Just slap him on the back. Yeah, Ava just with that hand of God, just like coming over the top, just puts a hole in a sixth grader. (laughs) The blood on the back wall. Okay, shh. See, I don't know how I'm going to upload this to a podcast. I just don't. <laughs> Someone's driving to like blood on the what? Okay. <laughs> the fruit of the spirit is love. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. And every week I will add on as we progress through it. But for now, we're just focusing on love. Okay. As I read this, how many of you had a song read this for you? What is love? I mean, literally, as I, I, I wrote the thing. And every time I looked at the slide, I was like, burn, 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 burn. So what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. I'm just kidding. No more. Um... What, what, um, what is, raise your hand, do not answer out of turn. You know, I should have brought the eggs in here and just be like, you, you answer out of turn. And I'm just like, <laughs> I would just throw one at Tim right off the bat. Just get one of those out there. <laughs> it's coming. I know it's coming. So, uh, what is love? Raise your hand. Someone give me some insight. Yeah, Kyle. A feeling. A feeling? Let's go. Okay. Anyone else? Caleb. A fruit of the spirit. Dead on. No. Hold on. Hold on. Caleb, that was good. If someone gives me another obvious answer, it's over. Okay? Caleb capitalized on the moment. No one had done it yet. Don't do it. It's a word on the screen. I will throw you out. <laughs> okay, Braden. It's a dedicated feeling of admiration. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he, he's like he's like hiding his Apple Watch, and I'm like, oh, he cheated. Okay. Shh. Yes. Cool. Okay. A commitment to choose to keep. So if you're choosing to do something, what is, what is, what is something that you do? Choice. Right. That's, that's a verb, which would mean that it's an action, right? Mm-hmm. That was nice. Little brother, sister, alley-oop. <laughs> Jackson. Um, in the Bible, it says that God is love. Yeah. What is love? God is. Nice. Madison. Is what uh, God shows to us? What, uh, ch- uh, what God what? Shows to us? Yes. God does show love to us. Those, those, are, those are good. Um, so I'm actually, those are all different definitions of love. We're going to get into uh, various definitions, but those all can actually kind of work out. So you said love is a feeling, right? Yeah. And then, Braden, you said it's a dedicated feeling. And you said it's a commitment to choose to take care of 
Okay, so to put someone before yourself, that's, that's really, I mean, those are all like they fit, but that's a really good one. She wins, is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's okay. She's a senior. She'll be gone. Then next year, you're, you're the king, all right? You're the king. But for now, you're just the prince, and she's the queen, okay? And Kyle's back there. Um, okay, so um, y'all know the you know, city, Philadelphia. All right. Where's that? Come on. I just wanted to know, like, have you heard of Philadelphia? Oh, my gosh. Stop. Stop. I don't want it now. I don't care if you've been to Philadelphia. I don't care if you've heard of Philadelphia. Cheesesteak. Good word association. Very nice. They're known for their long sandwiches that are basically burgers, but just it's an excuse to eat a lot of it, which is my type of thing. Very good. So, um, the Philadelphia, it's the city of brotherly love. And that's because uh, philia is the Greek word for this type of love, this brotherly love. So, in, our, in today's society, um, right now, okay? Hey, guys, shh. Right now, there is... I mean, it's been a thing for a while, but there's this hashtag, love is love, right? I don't exactly know what you want me to say to that. Like, I can't disagree. Like, love is love. Okay. <laughs> what? Why did you say that? <laughs> it's like, it'd be what it do. <laughs> like, yes, it is what it is anything else like it's it's one of those statements that shouldn't mean a ton but in today's society it means a lot right because when that when that phrase is used love is love what is it really saying in the world what is it saying right now is that true hold on hold on just a yes or no is it true Yeah, hold on. It is. It is. Anyone can. Stop. Hey, Kyle. Anyone can love anyone. How are we defining love? That's the bit. They never do that. They never do that. I love you guys. You're not like, you're not like, ah! You know what I mean. But when I say I love Emily... I don't love Emily like I love you guys, right? I don't. Just so we're clear. All right, I didn't get that. I didn't get that right, Pastor Chad. I didn't get that as soon as I wanted, so I went ahead and answered it so that there was no time for any misunderstanding. I love Emily differently than I love you guys, right? Right. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Just want to make sure we're all clear on that. So... Love is love. It, if you say that, it's supposed to mean that now you're supporting all of these things that are unbiblical. Because they're not just saying love like, ah, love you, buddy. That's not what, that's not what they're saying. 
So anyone can love anyone. If, it, if we're talking about loving like friends or loving the world, just putting other people before yourself, right? Yeah, you can, anyone can love anyone in that way. But we're going to get into other definitions and then we're going to see how the world twists this and how we as Christians are supposed to view love, okay? So brotherly love. Um, Jonathan and David. You guys familiar with that? King David, right? Okay. And Jonathan was King Saul's son, right? So after David killed Goliath, he went and told Saul all about it. And it said in that moment, so David's like 13. Um, Jonathan's roughly his age. So when he sees David and he hears about his faith and he hears what he did, it said that Jonathan's soul was knit to David's, okay? So there are various places in their story where it says that Jonathan loved David. Nowadays, people take that and they're like, boom, gay. They just, they're like, see, look, it says he lo- it's, a, it's a man loving another man. And then there's one part that says Jonathan kissed David. I know, we're laughing. Guys, have you ever been in the Middle East? <laughs> Guys, it's still a thing. Dudes just kiss each other on the cheek. It's a greeting. It's a, it's a thing. Like, it's not weird. But in our overly sex-obsessed world, they're like, Jonathan kissed David. Boom. Okay. They keep, they keep trying to make it something that it wasn't, right? Jonathan and David had this, this philia, this brotherly love. This, they're not siblings, but they're in this unbelievably close relationship. Basically, the closest relationship humans can have outside of being married or like a parent to their children or a child to the parent. This is the type of love that you, you choose. Like, this is my best friend. I choose to, like, hang out with him all the time, whatever, right? That is Jonathan and David's love. There's nothing wrong with it. It's awesome. This is actually how we need, we, this is how we get through life is with people that we can love like brothers and like sisters who can build us up and help us walk the straight line, Right? These, these youth leaders back here, these guys, I, I can come to them about anything because they're my brothers and my sisters. I can, I can do that. And they love me. I love them in that way, right? We need a community of people, of really close friends who are going to be there for us. Storge is the familial affection. So this is the way that a mom would say that she loves her children right so if uh so sarah huffman if she were to say i love you guys okay it's just the same as me saying i love you guys right but then when she says ben and jake love you guys that's different right she has a different kind of love for her sons and they have a different type of love for their mom than she would have for you guys or we would have for Miss Sarah, right? 
It's because there's something, the, the way that it works, a parent loving the children and children loving their parents is a different type of love. This is the thing about love in the English language. In the Greek, we have four different definitions, right? So you, when you read the Bible, you can actually see, oh, that's what kind of love they're talking about. That's why it's not confusing. But when you read it in English, love is love. <laughs> when you read it in English, it just... You got to figure out which type of love we're talking about, right? So that, that's where reading the Bible in English can get a little tricky is sometimes we just take it at face value and it might confuse us. So we need to do a little bit deeper study. That's why I'm defining these words for us. So storge is this familial affection. So having children, that continued commitment to put someone before yourself. Parents are caught. I don't know if you know it. Please go home and tell your parents that you're so thankful for them and that you love them because they are constantly sacrificing themselves for you. And you might think that they're the worst, but you are wrong, okay? Your parents love you. And the reason you're here is because they either dropped you here or gave you permission to be here, okay? Unless you're calling Clegg and you can drive yourself, you animal. <laughs> but your parents really do love you, okay? We're in a day and age where kids can Google anything anytime they want. So kids are at an all-time high of thinking they're brilliant. Because they're like, yeah. The parenting thing online says you shouldn't do this. You're toxic. I'm scarred. Trauma. Oh my gosh. You don't know anything just because you Googled it. Like, you've no idea what it's like to be a parent until you create an eternal being and you give birth to it and you're like, um, so I have to take this home. And. I guess I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sleep for three months. Is that right, Doc? Yep. That, that, that's right. That's right. Yep. It's gonna need to be fed like all the time. Just not. Just don't sleep at all. Just try not to sleep. It's it's go ahead and adjust to not sleeping, so that this baby can survive. That's unconditional love. What's that baby doing for you? It's pooping. So that's that's not helpful. It's vomiting. No, that's not helpful either. Oh, wait, it's a baby and it doesn't do anything for you. You have to take care of it. You have to love it selflessly, right? Parents love their babies. So, hey, if you have ill feelings towards your parents or you think you know better than your parents, please humble yourself and realize you don't know much. And this is coming. Hey, I'm only 24. Okay. 24. I'm not that old. Maybe you think I am, but... I am, I just got out of my parents' house a couple years ago. And now I'm realizing how right they were about a lot. Okay? A lot. So please, take it from a former youth. Don't talk back to your parents. Don't think that you are correct and that they are wrong. Even if you believe they could have done something better, approach them in a gentle way. Never walk up to them and assume that they hate you. Because trust me, if they hated you, you wouldn't be here. And I don't mean a youth group. 
<laughs> I'm talking planet. <laughs> You're out of here. Alright? They love you. Alright? If you feel like you have a little bit of extra weight to work off, it's because they fed you. A lot. Okay? I know. I understand. Okay? They love you. This is the type of love. It's this familial, protective, defensive love. Okay? This is, and this honestly, is, this is the way that I would love you guys too. It's not as intense as a parent, but if somebody walked up in here acting stupid, you are my kids. I'm going to stop them from doing something bad to my kids. I'll throw Larry at him, okay? <laughs> um, I'll be like, don't worry, guys, I got it. Larry, uh, run! <laughs> They're like, how's Larry? I'm like, forget Larry! <laughs> oh, sorry, Owen. I throw Owen. <laughs> no, Caleb, Caleb, no, no. So, now, here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. I can't, I can't love you as intense, like, intensely as your parents do. But this is that defensive, protective, like... These are my kids. Don't, don't come in here acting stupid, trying to, tar- trying to start stuff. That's not, that's not okay. Right? So, that, that is storge. Eros. Now, so, Eros is the sexual attraction, the romantic, passionate love. Okay? So, this is more what, we're talk- people, what people are talking about when they say love is love. Anyone can be sexually attracted to anyone. That's where we're off. Biblically, guys, I am not making this up. I am telling you from Scripture, from the words of God, the one true God, the one that created everything. He created the order of the universe. He has created an order of men and women, male and female, There's two. I think we're up to 64 genders now. I don't get it. Okay? But it's not true. It's not, guys, that was literally thinking if you said, I am a biological male, but I should be a female. If that is your mindset, that used to be called gender dysphoria. And it was a disease. Like, uh, any like schizophrenia, like multiple personalities. It's a mental disorder. Like, oh, you're not well. You need help. But now it's actually being taught that basically everyone was misassigned their gender at birth. And you should be something else. I don't understand. It's not true, okay? I can't chase down every rabbit trail that the world creates, but what I can do is tell you what the Bible says. There's two genders, male and female. That's it. Life gets a lot easier that way, okay? Male and female. Now, the sexual attraction part. Male and female 
is how God intended marriage to work. Men get married to women. Women get married to men. And that is it. Okay? So, men being attracted to men. Listen, tempt, is, tempt, is being tempted a sin? No? Yes. Raise your hand if it's no. Is being tempted a sin? Raise your hand if it's no. All right, raise your hand if it's yes. Okay. Was Jesus tempted? Yes. So did Jesus sin? No. 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 Because temptation is not a sin. (laughs) Being tempted is not a sin. Okay? The world is going to throw all sorts of stuff at us. What is a sin is if we entertain that. All right? What is a sin is if we give in to those temptations. That's the thing. Jesus never did. He never caved. He stayed strong in the midst of temptation. So, what I'm saying is, this type of love is reserved for a male and a female within the context of marriage. Okay? If you are having sex outside of marriage, that's still wrong. Here's the thing. I I don't want people to get it twisted. Homosexuality is not the only sexual sin. Okay? Pornography is a sin. Lusting, thinking inappropriate thoughts in your mind is a sin. Acting on those thoughts, whether that be with a person, whatever, that is a sin if you are not married. So, homosexual, bisexual, whatever... I'm not just coming at that because there's a lot more to it. God has called us to be pure and holy. And a part of that is keeping yourself pure, not, not, not thinking those inappropriate thoughts and doing those things. It's, it's supposed, this type of love, this eros is supposed to be saved just for two, a married man and a married woman together. Okay. So please do not misunderstand this as homophobia or anything else. It's just biblical. That's all it is. And you know what? If that's the definition of homophobia, fine. I'll take it. I'd rather be labeled a homophobe by people who are very confused than be labeled a heretic and have to answer to God for it one day. Okay? Kyle? A heretic is somebody who teaches uh, improper theology. Oh. So like Creflo Dollar. and um, Dollar? He was that guy who's like, if I want to believe oh. God for a $65 million jet, because mine's too old. <laughs> yeah, that's silly. Oh, yeah. If they find life on Mars, they're going to need the gospel. <laughs> I'm going to need a billion-dollar rocket ship to take me. <laughs> so dumb, dude. So that's that's what this type this type of love is reserved for a married man and a married woman, okay? Now, agape. This is the main point, all right? Agape, this is the selfless love, the unconditional love. This is the way that God loves us, okay? This is the primary type of love that is talked about in the Bible. This is the primary type of love that we are supposed to demonstrate. 
Okay? So, I, I just changed the word. I'm going to change the word from love to agape so we know exactly what I'm talking about. All right? The fruit of the Spirit is agape. It is unconditional love. So, the reason I have a picture of the sun is because, just think about the sun. Does it care what you did yesterday? No. Is it going to be like, you know what? I'm not rising because you don't deserve it. <laughs> nah. Right? It's not like, oh, wait, Earth's polluting itself. We're not doing this, boys. We're not rising today. Like, that's not how it works. Obviously, the sun is an inanimate object. It can't make decisions. But just think, it doesn't matter what we do. The sun is going to continue being our source of life, right? Right? Yes. So... Think about, think about God's love this way. Think about agape this way. It does not matter what you do. I'm going to keep on loving you. Sorry. You know, what's, you know what's worse? Do you know the song that I'm talking about? By Ario Speedwagon. I'm glad. So that's why it's bad. Because if you thought that was just a rhyme... That's fair enough. But if you know the 80s song, then that that cushioned it a little. I'm so sorry. It just flowed out. That wasn't intentional at all. Um, It's the same thing. It does not matter what we do. God is just like, I'm still here. I still stop. I still love you. I'm, I'm right here. Now. God will pull on our hearts and he'll try, he'll try to get us to come back to him. But the Bible also has examples of where God says, all right, well, I've told you to stop. I've told you to come back to me so many times and you've rejected me. So I'm not going to leave, but I'm going to stop pulling. I'm going to stop pulling and you can go your own way. I'm right here. I'm waiting, arms wide open. You can come back anytime you want, but... I'm not going to keep knocking at the door telling you to stop doing what you're doing. He still loves you, but there is a point where he will just be like, okay, I love you enough to just let you go because you're, you clearly don't want me. Owen. Didn't you say something like, you can take 10 million steps away from God, but you turn around and he's already there? Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite illustration is, is if, if this is God... Actually, I'm not going to even use that illustration. You could say, like, I'm done with you. Walk away from God. Run. Get on a rocket ship that Creflo Dollar bought you. Run this way. And you go, like, a billion miles the other direction. And then you realize, like, oh, I messed up. Dang it, I got to go a million miles back. God's right here. Literally, he's just like... You don't have to make up the ground that you lost running away from me. Even in the story of the prodigal son, he didn't even have to get all the way back to his house. As soon as his dad saw that he was coming back, he ran out to meet him. Right? No matter how far you've gone from God, he is always right there. You turn around and you call on his name and he'll save you. It does not matter what you've done. It does not matter what you've said about God. What, what lies you've told yourself about God, even if you've cursed him, 
He is still right there waiting for you. But He will not. He will not save you without your permission. You have to turn to Him and say, I want you. I gave this illustration a couple weeks ago. Ladies, imagine a guy comes up and says, um, I love you. And you're just like, Take it easy. All right. Hey, feelings aren't mutual, but thanks. And then he's like, no, but wait, I love you. And I love you so much, you're going to love me. Ladies, heads up. Pepper spray. Wear, wear high heels so you, can, you got something sharp. You kick and then kick off the high heels and run. Um, get away from that, okay? If someone says, I love you so much, you're gonna love me, dip out, all right? Just head on out because it's, it's, it's time to leave, okay? Guys, is that love? No. What is that? Yeah, that's psychotic. It's like controlling. God doesn't say, I love you. Come here. <laughs> He's like, I love you, and I love you so much, I'm going to come down there, give my life for you, and make it so easy. All you have to do is just believe me, believe that I love you, believe that Jesus was God in the flesh who lived a perfect life that you and I can't live because we're sinful. Believe that. Believe that Jesus was killed on the cross. You should have actually been on the cross, but he did it for you. He died for you and then came back to life for you. If you will just believe that, we're good. You can be in a relationship with me. You can, you can choose to love me back. But I'm not going to force you to love me. He's not going to chase you down and grab you and be like, you're coming to heaven. He won't do it. That's not free will. He loves you so much, He gave you free will. He didn't want you to be a robot who's designed to do like exactly what it's programmed to do. Right? He gave you free will. He said, I'm going to let you choose. You can choose me or you can choose something else. And a lot of us choose other stuff. So please, today, choose Jesus. Receive Jesus. This unconditional love is here for you. But you've got to accept it, okay? So Jesus in John 13, 35, he says, By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you agape one another. So what he's saying is, last week we talked about how people will be known by their fruits, right? So if you see someone just demonstrating unbelievably like beautiful love, like unconditional love, they're just so charitable and they, they help others so much and they don't do it out of pride. They don't do it like, yeah, I'm uh, not bragging, but I've supplied the VBS supplies every year for 20 years. Agape. <laughs> like, no, 
they're just going to love. They just, unconditional. I don't care if I get credit. I don't care if I get paid back. I'm just going to love. I'm going to serve. I'm going to put you before me because that's what my Savior did. Right? That's what it is. So, that's what we're called to do. But just like last week, are Christians always known for their love? No. Particularly during this month? No. All right? Preach the truth in love. I am speaking the truth. God has designed men and women to be in marriage. Just that combination. No other combination. Okay? But I'm not hating on anybody. I'm just telling you how it is. All right? It's the truth, but in love. 1 John 4.19 says, We are able to agape because he first agaped us. We are able to love because God loved us first. So the way that we look to God as our model, we look to God as like, how do I love unconditionally? This person hurt me so bad. How the heck am I supposed to love them well? It's like, uh, how did Jesus love? You hurt him pretty bad. 39 lashes plus the cross. All those beatings every time someone spit on him, every time someone cussed at him, every time someone mocked him. When they stuck that sponge of vinegar into his wounds. That's all on me. That's all on me. That is all on you. Every single one of us, every single one of our sins played a part in the pain that Jesus experienced on the cross. No, he didn't have a good time. But he kept loving. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable love. That is our example that we're supposed to follow. We can love people unconditionally because God loved us unconditionally. Madison. How are you supposed to do that? I mean, Jesus, to go along with that, said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He didn't even take one chance. I'm sure he had some sick one-liners loaded up that he did not deliver. I would not have been able to hold back. I at least would have had to hit him with one, you know? I don't know what I would have hit him with. But something, because I'm a human and I'm weak, and I'm like, dude, seriously? There's like 15 of you guys. You don't have to hit me that hard. Like, just let me walk around. (laughs) It would have been something stupid, but Jesus just didn't say anything except for praying for the people beating him. And here's the thing. So I know you said enemies. Are people really the enemy? No. Satan is the enemy. Satan is the enemy. Guys, listen. We, we can't, as, as hard as it is, because people hurt us. They do. But as hard as it is, we cannot ever think that people are the enemy. People are the ones that Jesus died to save. So we have got, got to make sure that we love them. And I, guys, I'm not perfect at this. I know I'm not. But this is something I know is true. And so I'm telling you, 
we have to love everybody. It's hard, but we got to love them. Okay? There's different ways to love people. Like my dad and his family up in Michigan, they're, they've, they've had a pretty tough time. My grandma up there, she's getting better. Okay? Uh, she wasn't sick. She's just not, she hasn't been a great person. And she's coming, she's coming along, okay? But my dad says that the best way for him to love his family is to love them from a distance. It means you don't put me in a box with them. Don't put me in their house with them for a week because that's too close. I can't. They get on my nerves and stuff like that. The best way for me to love them is for me to just be a couple of states away. Call them on a birthday. Call them at Christmas, you know? It's good. That's still loving, but you just, you put limits. You put boundaries. That's good. That's okay. You don't have to like always be with everybody and be like, look, you super annoy me, but I'm a Christian, so (laughs) don't do that. It's very weird. Very weird. And it'll go poorly. All right. We're able to love properly. We're able to agape because God agaped us first. Whoever claims to love God, to agape God, yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not agape their brother and sister, whom they have seen, they cannot agape God, whom they have not seen. So here's another thing. This kind of goes along with the forgiveness thing we talked about a couple, couple weeks ago. If you have like a lack of forgiveness towards somebody on the, that's actually like hate... Like, not only do I not forgive you, but I hope horrible things happen to you. Mm. (laughs) That's not good. If you hate people, you can't do... That's not... If you have the God of the, the universe, if you have the Holy Spirit within you, you should not be capable of hate. It says he is a liar. So if you know that you have hate in your heart, you need to check yourself. You need to figure out, okay, now, am I just angry? Do I just need to forgive them? Okay. But do you hate? Because if you're hating somebody, you might need to double check and make sure that you have, just see if you exemplify any of the other fruits of the Spirit. And if you don't, you might need to get saved. Just check yourself. We're commanded to live in a way that shows the unconditional love of God to everybody. That's how we're commanded to live. All right? Now, feelings, right? Eros. That type of love, like the passionate, like it, that like burning, you got a crush. Like, oh my gosh, she's all I can think about. And then something of any significance happens and you're like, wait, who? Oh, you know, like those are feelings and those are the butterflies and they're cool and they're fun, but that's not real love. Okay. Emily and I's marriage does not run on butterflies. Okay. That doesn't, it's not how it works. It is the repeated commitment to choose her every day, no matter what happened the day before, no matter what happened five minutes ago. We just love each other and we have to choose it, even though she sent B on a hit job. <laughs> that was, Emily told her to do that. I was set up, but I love you. See? I didn't know she was going to hit your 
Hey, you know what? It's on you now. It's all good. Hey, hey, here's the thing. It was bold, and I appreciate it. Yeah. No, it's cool. It was an accident. It was cool. No, but, I, but Emily totally set me up, and it's cool. I love Emily. The butterflies are still there. Love you. Um, so, so, yeah, this is not the time for me to be like, butterflies gone. This is me, this is me choosing love. Like, don't. That's stupid. That's stupid. But look, the feelings, love, marriage is not reliant on feeling lovey-dovey. It's not. Feelings just go away. But the act of unconditional love Unconditional means no matter what, no matter the conditions, it's not like I will trade you my love if you will give me your love. Do we have a deal? (laughs) Because now if they stop loving, it's like you've taken your love from me, so I will take mine back. Wait, I'll throw in an extra cookie. (laughs) Going once. I'm just kidding. (laughs) So um, that's, that's conditional. If you have to give me something and I will give you something, that's conditional. God says, I love you. And people are like, I hate him. And he's like, I love you. Unconditional. He's not going to stop. That's powerful love. And we're supposed to demonstrate that to everybody. Unconditional love that Jesus has demonstrated for us. It's hard to do. But you have got to if you have the Holy Spirit within you. Let me go over a few things that aren't loving. Support. Not always loving. How many of you guys have uh, heard someone say, well, I just want to support my friend. Or I just want to support my family member. And they're doing something that's wrong. I've heard that a lot. Anyone else? Just me? I'm fine. Okay, we got some. Okay. So <clears throat> I heard a story of a girl who uh, had to go to the hospital because she, like, stepped on some scissors. <clears throat> no, 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 it's okay. They weren't, like, vertical. It was, a, it was like a slight, but it, it, it wasn't like Home Alone where it, like, went through the foot. <laughs> you know what? Wait, 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 wait. Hang on, hang on. Wait, shh, shh, wait, wait, wait. Stop. Shh. It could have been, I don't know. Um, so, so they're like, okay, how did this happen? How did you step on these scissors? And the girl goes on to say she wasn't helping her friend cut herself, but she was right there. While her friend was cutting herself. And these doctors are like. What? And she said. I just want to be a supportive friend. You're right. Guys. Really. A supportive friend. That ain't it. That's not. That's not supportive. It would be better for you to punch your friend in the face, knock him unconscious, remove all sharp objects from anywhere near them, 
and then get their parents in the room and be like, uh, they were about to do something stupid, so I knocked them out. That is way, way more supportive than watching your, hey, shh, hey, than watching your friend, hey, shh, than watching your friend do something unbelievably dangerous. Uh, that, no way. You can't just say, I'm just being supportive. No, you're not. That's weak. That's you not standing up for what is right. So you can look like the good guy. You're going to say, I'm just supporting my friend. No, you're not. You don't have a spine to tell them that's wrong and you shouldn't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. But you want to look like the good guy by saying, I'm just supportive. That's not love. We have to love one another. And sometimes love is hard. Sometimes you've got to love somebody in a way that they don't think is loving. But there are ways to love people that maybe they won't accept at first. It doesn't change. Guys, is truth relative? Is truth relative? No, it is not. Truth is concrete. It is objective. It does not change. What does the Bible say? Now, what do you feel? That doesn't line up with what the Bible says. So either fix it to line up with the Bible or acknowledge that you are living in sin. But you can't just pick and choose what you want the Bible to say. It's not how it works. God is God. We have to use physics to try to figure out how the heck he did all this. <laughs> and then we're just going to be like, oh, the universe is made up of dark matter and dark energy. And it holds everything together. It's like, uh, that's called God, but okay. <laughs> we, God is so much more complex than we are, but we think we can just change morality. Hey, God, big fan. Man, you have made us really cool. Our brains, most complex thing in the universe, okay? Props, black holes, crazy. I think you missed this bit on morality. I'm just gonna just change that. We think we just have a, have a right to do that? Come on, guys. We, we got to love the way that Jesus tells us to love. Not hurting your feelings. I didn't want to hurt their feelings. That's not always not always loving, okay? Don't go around hurting people's feelings and being like, I'm loving. Don't do that, right? And don't tell anyone I said that. Please, help me out here. Sometimes people's feelings need to get hurt. Some, sometimes your friends come to you and be like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that happened. They're so, they're so annoying. They're so dumb. Why would they do that? Don't, don't jump in and be like, yeah, they're terrible. Boy, I hate them. Now you're being supportive, but now you're hating someone, so that's bad. And two, what if you were like, um, here's the thing. You were really rude to them. I'm sorry I have to be the one to tell you this, but you started that whole argument. That got really out of hand because you acted like an animal. <laughs> I'm sorry, 
And I don't, I hope it doesn't hurt your feelings, but I really don't care because the truth is I'm not going to go talk bad about this person who's done nothing wrong when you were actually the one who started it. Friends got to get in each other's face sometimes and give each other the hard truth. That's what real friends will do. Listen to me. If you don't have any friends who will do that, get new ones. Sometimes we have to call out our friends if we want to be truly loving. And Paul exemplifies this in Galatians 2, 11 through 16. Peter is eating, he's eating with the Gentiles. And so this is after the law has been fulfilled by Jesus. They don't have to do any physical thing to get saved. And at the time, circumcision was the big thing. Do, do you have to get circumcised to be saved or do you not? So the Gentiles say no, and they're correct. You don't have to be circumcised to get saved. But Peter's over here eating with them. But then he sees some Jewish people come over, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll catch you guys later. Those guys are crazy. But they're all believers. They're all Christians. But these guys think that you need the circumcision. And so Paul realized, you know what? Peter is actually acting hypocritically. And because of that, he's misleading all these people. So Paul says, so I said to Peter in front of everyone, what are you doing? What are you doing? You act one way around these guys and act another way around these guys. But aren't, aren't we all believers? I, I don't understand what you're doing. Paul called out Peter in front of everybody because that was actually the loving thing to do. But let's just say Paul was supportive of Peter. I didn't want to hurt his feelings. There was a lot of people around. I just let it go. So it says uh, Barnabas was led astray as well as some others. So Paul doesn't say anything. Peter acts this way. Now Barnabas and a couple other people start behaving this way. Now you have a giant split in the church as soon as it started. You can't have that. What was the loving thing for Paul to do? It's to call out Peter and say, dude, you got to stop. Guys, do not follow that example. That was bad. I'm sure it hurt his feelings. And it sure wasn't supportive. But it was loving. And it was exactly what needed to happen. Brogan. It, I mean, Peter, obviously, Peter and Paul were cool after that but it doesn't really show like his response paul literally just says all the stuff that he says and just like keeps going but he's not it, the point is not to be because remember he's writing a letter to the galatians he's not like yo peter was acting like this so i was all like yo peter don't do that and then peter was like don't tell me what to do he wasn't doing that he's like this is what i told peter and that's it he didn't like talk about how they worked it out okay you're going to ask God why you left that part out. Um, guys, this is true love. Being, being tough on some of your friends is true love sometimes, all right? Now look at this. For God so agape the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not die, but have eternal life. Guys, this is the perfect picture of what agape is. 
The guys that Jesus was dying for were the ones who were spitting on him and mocking him and beating him with a whip. Imagine Jesus, all-knowing, right? Imagine him being whipped. Do you, I just, I don't know. I wonder if he was literally thinking about whoever the guy was who was whipping him. Like, maybe that guy converted. I have no idea. Maybe the guy converted after he saw what Jesus went through, right? What if he was like, some, he, was, he was in pain. But I wonder if there was a part of him that was like, man, I cannot wait to see this guy in heaven. I'm dying for this guy right now. That, that love, that powerful, unconditional, I don't care how many more times you hit me. I don't care how many more times you say that. I love you so much. I'm going to keep walking to the cross. And I'm going to let you drive nails. I'm not talking needles like from a shot. Nails. Through my palms and through my feet. I'm going to let you stab me in the side. Because I love you so much. That is agape at its finest. Unconditional. You cannot ever make him stop loving you. Because of that crazy, undeserved, unashamed, wild, passionate love of God, we are able to love him and therefore be in a relationship with him because of what he did on the cross. And with this relationship comes eternal life. We get to live with Jesus forever after we die if we love him back. And now listen, but if you deny this relationship and you refuse to love him back, eternal suffering awaits. Does anyone know what the idea of annihilation is? Brogan? Yeah, Caleb? Totally destroying something. So there's some people who don't like the idea of hell. So to get around it, they believe in annihilation, which means this is it. I die, and if I don't know Jesus, so like Jehovah's Witnesses, they would say they're Christians, but they're not. Um, they deny a whole bunch of core Christian doctrine. But they would say, if, I'm a, if you're a Christian, boom, you're into heaven. But if you're not, annihilation. There's no suffering. There's no hell. You just cease to exist. Because they don't like the idea of punishment. But we deserve it. We deserve it. That's what we get without a relationship with Jesus. Brogan. No, your soul gets destroyed if you're not a Christian. Doesn't matter. Don't listen to them. Michael Jackson was a Jehovah's Witness. Um, literally don't know why I said that. So, but listen, guys, 
this is, this is what awaits. And I can't, I'm, I'm not going to do the whole, think of the worst pain you've ever experienced, multiply it by a thousand, and then throw it in a volcano. <laughs> I can't. I cannot conceive the horrors that await in hell. I can't. I cannot imagine what that's like. But you will never be in the presence of God again. You won't even have the option to pray. Like when I'm down, when I'm going through stuff, I can literally just walk and pray. That feeling of not being able to do that would freak me out. Plus, there is fire and brimstone and burning and horrible things. This is the result of our choice. God gave us free will and we chose something else. We chose not him. So you have to choose Jesus. You have to choose his love if you want eternal life. And here's the thing, like Owen brought up, if no matter how far away you've run from God, he loves you. All you have to do is turn around and he's right there. So with that, bow your heads, close your eyes for me.